Thanks for joining me on this Cleveland Baseball Morning, the final from Angel Stadium in Los Angeles. It's the Cleveland Guardians 6, the Los Angeles Angels 3. I'm Davey Barris, lifelong Cleveland baseball fan, and I want to talk about the actual game on the field, the thing I enjoy, watching baseball being played. And I, I, I couldn't do it. I couldn't. I, I stayed up for the one where Klaus A blows the save, and I can't stay awake for the one where Klaus A gets the save. I picked the wrong game to stay up for. Uh, but the Guardians do come away with the win, despite my fandom waning in the uh, late hours of the Cleveland night. And uh, yeah, uh, all right. There's some positives in this one. There's some. There's a lot of things to like in this game. So I think we're going to have a fun conversation here. So let's get into the storylines of this game. Six runs on 13 hits. The offense definitely, definitely came through in this one. Uh, the, again, again, nobody had the monster hit. Nobody had the big exclamation point on the rally. But they were at least able to just keep the pressure on all night, keep base runners on all night. They score in four different innings. They find creative ways to score. I mean, Naylor has three RBIs. Josh Naylor has three RBIs. I gotta gotta be careful now. I got I gotta I gotta be clear on which Naylor I'm talking about. Josh Naylor has three RBIs on the night, but he only has one hit. One RBI comes in on a bases loaded walk. One RBI comes in on a sack fly. In fact, it was the night of sack flies. Uh, the Guardians score three of their six runs via the sack fly. And the Angels add one as well. Uh, in the uh, Was that off Logan Allen? I thought that was off Allen while he was still in there. Uh, yeah, because uh, Sandlin gives up the two-run home run. That's the other runs they score. So, yeah, it was in the fourth inning. Adams gets a sack fly off of, uh, off of our, uh, our man Allen there. So, uh, yeah, four runs come in via sack fly, more runs coming in via bases-loaded walks. Uh, the actual RBI hits were few and far between. Uh, so, uh, another reason why the Guardians are going to have to focus on the offense in the offseason. They've got they've got to finish some of these rallies. They need someone... There's nothing wrong with Josh Dingler taking a bases loaded walk. And the sack fly he does have late in the game, I, I thought he hit it plenty well. Uh, I guess the exit velocity was only 89.2. Didn't it feel like he got way more of that ball? Maybe he just missed the barrel of the bat. Uh, maybe maybe uh, hit it too high or too low up and down the handle of the bat. Who knows? It felt like that swing was going to be a lot more than it was, but 89.2 mile per hour exit velocity. Ramon Laureano's sack fly was at 99.4, um, 381, so he got way more of it than Naylor did. Uh, but hey, they both drive in runs there after back to back to back singles to kick off that eighth inning. And uh, remember, Jose Ramirez's single was off the pitcher's thigh, so uh, uh, runners can't advance too far on that one there. So, again, I guess we can't complain about uh, them finding a way to score six runs. It, it, it's good. Six runs is plenty, plenty for this pitching staff, right? Four runs or more. That's what we've been tracking all season. Uh, but they just found very, very unique ways to do it. Now, one thing that's encouraging about this offense tonight and this lineup is your six, seven, eight, and nine hitters are all hitters, and they all 
They they were the offense. I mean, uh, and then flipping things around to Quan at the top of the order. Uh, Jimenez goes two for two on the or two for five on the night. Uh, although they can't bring him in to score, Arias goes two for five on the night. He comes across the score twice. Brennan goes two for five on the night. They bring him across the score once. Bo Naylor goes two for four on the night with a walk, and they bring him across the score once. And then Quan goes uh, two for three at the top of the order with a walk and a sack fly. So that's how you only get three at-bats out of Quan and comes across the score twice. Look at that. Your six, seven, eight, nine, and one hitter all have multi-hit days. Some of them on base even three times via the walk. That's huge. Huge. Now, uh, you would expect your two, three, and four hitters to be just loading up on the RBIs. And Naylor did. I mean, there's nothing wrong with a three RBI night from Josh Naylor, but uh, not really the production you'd want from the heart of the order. Um, they peppered in a few hits here and there, but uh, definitely could have used a little more th- thump from the heart of the order to drive these guys in. I mean, we really could have lit up the Angels tonight. We could. This could have been like a double-digit win if the heart of our order was really pounding the ball, was really hitting as well as the bottom of the order was. But I mean, the, come on. The nights when we have Gallagher in here and Straw, what a difference this lineup makes, right? What a difference. So... I know he's gonna. I know he's gonna keep giving Naylor off days. I, I know he's going to uh, like Naylor. I'm guessing that's a left-handed pitcher on the mound, so it'll be interesting to see if Naylor gets the start uh, tonight or Sunday. I, you know he's gonna catch at least once more in this series, but uh, he's gonna. Con- hey, Francona, he's shown you he's gonna continue to give him nights off. Now, will it be for David Fry or Cam Gallagher? If it's Fry, we can expect some offense. If it's Gallagher. Oh, my God, what are we doing? So, uh, yeah, I'm very encouraged by seeing the bottom of the order doing this. And uh, some uh, some extra base. Hey, a couple of doubles peppered in there from Arias and Quan. Arias, the one inning, uh, it felt like it took forever for them to get him in to score. Uh, I think it was the, six, was it the sixth inning. Yes, where after Jimenez strikes out the lead off the inning, Arias doubles. Brennan singles, but it only moves him up to third. Then I was expecting Bo Naylor to get the big hit, but he draws a walk, which is fine. Can't can't blame guys for drawing walks. And then it was Quan who delivers the sack fly to finally bring Arias in. So it took three batters, but they finally got Gabriel Arias in uh, from second base with his double. Uh, So yeah, it just took a long time to get there. That's also the inning that Ramirez walked, uh, Naylor walks, I believe that pushed Will Brennan across the plate. Um, so, yeah. So, uh, like I said, they, they got it done in their own way. But there's a lot to like about this offense tonight. Just the thing that was missing was the power, was the, the big bases clearing hit. Plenty of chances for the heart of our order and just just wasn't there. All right. So, offense, a lot to like there. Let's take a look on the pitching side of things. And uh, Logan Allen had a very encouraging start. He doesn't go deep in the game, uses 90 pitches to get through five innings, but uh, only gives up three hits, gives up the one run on the sack fly in the fourth inning. Uh, Two walks, limits damage there, and six strikeouts. He's hard hit one, two, three, four, five, six, seven 
times. And they pointed out on the broadcast that I think it was almost like a third of the runs he's given up have come from the first inning. And sure enough, they try in the first inning. They try to get to him. Uh, with two outs, back-to-back singles and a walk to Grichik loads the bases, and he's got to face Chad Wallach, and he's able to manage the strikeout of him with the bases loaded. So, I mean, things could have gotten really, really ugly here. Uh, attacks the right-handed hitter with sweepers down at his knees and then fastballs up. Uh, he fouls off a four-seam fastball up at the letters. That was his pitch. You, 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 everyone, you get one pitch in an at-bat that you got to do damage with, and that was his pitch. It was an elevated fastball up over the plate, and he fouled it off, and then comes back with a sweeper buried down and at the knees, and he swings through it for strike three. So, I mean, battling with the bases loaded there from Logan Allen. And then he would go on to just kind of cruise through the rest of this game. A couple of strikeouts in the second inning before Paris grounds out. A leadoff walk to their leadoff hitter. Looks like it might be trouble in the third inning. And then he strikes out the side. Drury, Escobar, and Ohop strikes out the side after giving that leadoff walk. Uh, The leadoff double by Gritchick in the fourth would turn into a sack fly, but he wouldn't let the inning get any worse than that. And then goes one, two, three in the fifth inning. So, I mean, really, really does a good job of controlling the game, cruising, limiting damage, and using the strikeout pitch, which, you know, he's not known as a huge strikeout pitcher, but he was able to do it tonight. Um, Five of them were swinging. Only one was looking. Only one lefty struck out, Brett Phillips, and that was on a called strike 3-2 sweeper that paints the bottom of the strike zone. Uh, he got a couple of righties to chase fastballs up and away. Drury and Eduardo Escobar both swing through fastballs up and away. And then a couple of sweepers, like we said, Wallach in the first. Uh, he got Ohop to end the third there, chasing a sweeper down below the strikes on an 0-2 count. He got really filthy after that uh, After that walk. He struck out, uh, what was the count on uh, Drury? Drury worked a 2-2 count before striking out. It was an 0-2 count, and he blows a fastball by Eduardo Escobar, and then an 0-2 count, and he gets Ohop to chase that sweeper. So he got really filthy there in the third inning. And then uh, a changeup down uh, down in the dirt, basically, to Adams uh, gets a strikeout in the second inning. So a nice job of using that off-speed pitch, and it's no surprising going to his player breakdown page that that sweeper had a 54% whiff rate for Logan Allen. Seven whiffs on 13 swings. Uh, two called strikes. It's good for a 43% CSW on that pitch. He had a 30% whiff rate total on the day uh, and a 26% CSW. So not as many called strikes. It was more via the whiff. And uh, foul balls obviously probably helped him uh, get into some of those 0-2 counts. Uh, in fact, you know what? I didn't take a look at the pitch chart. We haven't done the pitch uh the count breakdown in a while here. And, uh, you know, he wasn't working exclusively ahead, but there were definitely way, 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 way more 0-2 counts. Let's see, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8 0-2 counts as opposed to 3 2 counts. So definitely working the left side of the count breakdown, working ahead way, way more than he was falling behind any of these hitters. Uh, I wouldn't say he started off uh, the 0-1 counts and the 1-0 counts are pretty even. In fact, he might have started more guys 1-0, but then is able to bounce it back to 1-1 and get back in command 
of the uh, at-bats. So good job by Logan Allen there. Uh, that 30% whiff rate, I'm curious what that is compared to his uh, to his season average. Uh, so yeah, 30% whiff rate on the day. His uh, season average as far as whiff rate goes has been 24.1. Uh, 35th percentile. So, yeah, uh, a significant improvement there in the whiff rate from Logan Allen in this game. So that's encouraging to see. Then Sandlin gets into trouble in the uh, sixth inning, gives up a hit, and then um, uh, was it a hit? How'd that first runner get on? Let me double check it, make sure I'm, I'm accurate. No, it was a walk. A walk and then a home run. That's a terrible combination. You don't love to see that from your first guy out of the bullpen. Look, uh, relief pitchers are volatile. And we just, Trevor Steffen had a terrible game, what, a few games ago? And then Sandlin comes in and actually pitches the eighth inning uh, and pitches well in the eighth inning. Now it's Sandlin who has a terrible game. And Trevor Steffen pitched a fine eighth inning in this one. On nine pitches, he shuts him down. Um, look, relief pitchers are volatile. You You cannot look... You, you can't even look at, like, a month, right? How bad of a month did Sam Hedges have before he really turned things around in uh, August and September? You, you really have to be patient, and if a, a reliever doesn't have it, you have to find a way to keep them involved but keep them out of high-pressure situations here. So having a decent lead, uh, I mean, we have a 4-1 to lead at this point. Sandlin comes in. Uh, he doesn't give up the lead. But he does give up the two-run home run, and it has been the righties that have been getting to him more than the lefties. Now, he, he faces more righties than lefties, so they protect him a little bit. But most of the hard-hit balls from those right-handed hitters have come from pitches, as you expect, middle-middle and middle-down, but also middle-in and down-and-in. Uh, he's given up uh, six hard-hit balls in the heart of the plate, two right-handed hitters, eight middle-down, but four middle-in and four uh, down and in. And the home runs he's given up, uh, he's given up a lot of stuff that's kind of down and in. Two from middle in, one from down and in, two from middle down. He has given up two home runs to those right-handed hitters uh, out over the plate, uh, middle away. But the home run he gives up here is a fastball down and in. And uh, so, yeah, uh, the right-handed hitters, uh, if you just look at the splits, uh, they've put up eight home runs against him, whereas the lefties have only hit three. Now, he's faced a way more batters, almost almost 90 more batters, right-handed hitters, than he has left-handed hitters. So it does skew the numbers a little bit there. But um, he's got a better whip against the lefties, a 0.92 whip against left-handed hitters, a 1.16 whip against right-handed. Now, again, I don't know if that's because he just faces so many more right-handed hitters or... Uh, if they they do, or if the righties do get um, uh, get to them better than the lefties do, so it's volatile. I, that's all I can say. I, relief pitching is volatile, and you're gonna have nights like this. And Sandlin's just got to bounce back uh, in his next one. But it's nice to see the rest of the bullpen pick him up, and the rest of the bullpen put up zeros after he gives up those two home runs, uh, or after he gives up those two runs. Sorry. Uh, Henches comes in and finishes the sixth, and then Ronaldo Lopez uh, shuts him down in the seventh, Trevor Steffen in the eighth, and Classe in the ninth. You got to admit, of everybody we got at that waiver deadline, Ronaldo Lopez has has been valuable. He has been good here. 
he does give up a deep drive to center field, but it's just a flyout. Um, what was the? Uh, I wonder what the expected batting average was on that flyout. It was 100.8 miles per hour. Only a 250 expecting batting average. Zero out of 30 ballparks for a home run. So not too concerning. Eduardo Escobar probably thought he got more of that one than he did. At, he hit it at 100.8, uh, but just not deep enough. Uh, so a good job from the bullpen there of uh, of holding on to that win, protecting that W for Logan Allen. So uh, overall, a very nice night for your Cleveland Guardians. Um, nice to see Classe rebound. Uh, Adams does fly out, but he gets his two ground outs of Phillips and Paris. Um, and that's when Classe is going good when he's getting those ground outs. Uh, one last thing about Nick Sandlin. I knew there was one more thing I looked up about Sandlin. Um, the big difference between last year and this year, uh, they are hitting way more home runs off him. Uh, last year he gave up, uh, two home runs. His rookie year, only two home runs. This year he's given up 11 home runs. Big problem. One thing I noticed in the StatCast page is that the fly ball rate has jumped and the ground ball rate is way down for him this year. Last year, he had a ground ball rate of 56.3. This year it's fallen to 42.1. That's a big drop. The fly ball rate last year was at 19.6. The fly ball rate this year, 35.3. So they have changed their launch angle against him. Last year, the launch angle against him was 8.0. This year, the launch angle against him is 17.1. They have changed the launch angle against him. Way more barrels off of him, which are the launch angle plus the exit velocity, which create home runs. Um, And yeah, so it's led to a lot more home runs. So something definitely that they're going to have to work on with Sandlin. I don't think Sandlin's going anywhere in this bullpen. Uh, this is his third season with us. He's still 26 years old. You're you're going to see Sandlin in this bullpen for a few more years. But definitely, they got to figure out a way to bring that launch angle back down and get those ground balls from him. So he's thrown the four-seam fastball more than the sinker this year. Uh, so I don't know if that means an increase in sinkers or splitters. The slider is still his favorite pitch. Um but last year, it was more sinkers than four-seam fastballs. This year, more four-seam fastballs than sinkers. They've kind of flipped the script on those. He's also pitched more innings than he's ever pitched uh, in his career. So uh, I don't know if maybe next year they go back to the sinker. I don't know if the split finger becomes more prevalent for him. But uh, they've got to find a way to get that ground ball right uh, going again. Uh, and keep the ball keep the ball out of the air. Keep those Get those home runs back down. Um, so I knew I had one more detail for you on Nick Sandlin there. So, uh, you know, that's all my thoughts. I, I, I apologize that I couldn't stay up and finish this game. Uh, I, I know there were probably some moments in this game where you were really frustrated where guys were on base and they just couldn't, you know, couldn't get that big hit. They do go four for 11 with runners in scoring position. So uh, much better than the night before. They still leave 12 runners on base, which is still a lot of guys to leave on the base paths. I mean, 13 hits and six walks. It's a lot of guys on the base paths for your Cleveland Guardians uh, hitters. But I think no one's going to complain about a six to three win, right? That's a solid Cleveland win right there, six to three. All right, uh, let's throw it over to the emails. Marlon is the only one who emailed in. I guess, I'm guess i guessing the rest of you probably had trouble staying up late as well. Uh, he said, hi, Davey. Nice bounce back win for the Guardians. The fundamentals tonight were much better, notwithstanding Calhoun's error. You know, I did notice that Calhoun also made a nice pick play at first base, at first base in the highlights, I think on an Arias throw. So 
you know, he he's getting he's he's not getting worse. Let's just say that. The team was able to manufacture runs by hitting three sack flies tonight, which they failed to do last night and cost themselves a win as a result. This was the key to their win. I actually like the starting lineup tonight. It was nice to see Bo Naylor and Brennan start over Gallagher and Straw. And Straw used late as a defensive sub. Yes, and uh, David Fry also went into first base as a defensive sub. Uh, my only issue was starting Calhoun over Fry at first base. Calhoun's slide continues as he finished 0-3 with an error. I don't understand why we don't scale Calhoun's playing time back with Fry healthy and Josh Naylor back in the lineup. Marlon, I agree 100%. And, I mean, I looked it up for Calhoun, and it's it's not pretty. Over his last seven games, he's got three hits, no home runs, uh, a 125 batting average with a 375 OPS over the last week. Over the last two weeks, it's a 164 batting average with a five something, 540, 550 OPS. Uh, it's not good. He he really has fallen. And you're right, that playing time should go to Fry. Absolutely. Uh returning to Marlon's email, the offense had a nice balanced effort. Shout out to Josh Naylor for his three RBIs tonight, whose absence was felt during his stint. Quan continues to hit well and set the tone at the top of the lineup. Himmy, Arias, and Brennan also had two hit games as well and played stellar defense as well. Logan Allen had a solid outing, but Sandlin outing was awful. The offense tacked on a pair of runs in the top of the sixth inning, but Sandlin quickly gave them right back in the bottom half of the inning. Talking about winning innings there, knowing how a home run prone he is. I don't understand why De Los Santos didn't pitch instead. He only pitched to one batter and threw three pitches last night. Classe could have had the night off if Sandlin hadn't laid an egg. Just like last night with Stefan, I groaned when Classe entered the game. However, it was nice to see him put last night behind him, out of sight, out of mind. However, Classe should be unavailable tomorrow after throwing 14 pitches tonight and 26 last night. Situations like these are why I've advocated for a secondary closer to ease Classe's load a bit and have an experienced vet who can hold down the fort in Classe's absence. Yeah, if they get into a safe situation, it'll be interesting to see what Francona can do. My guess, my guess would be De Los Santos. Unless unless they know they're going to have like a lot of lefties coming up, and then maybe Matt Moore. But my guess would be De Los Santos um, would maybe get that uh, closing opportunity if the game came down to that and Classe was unavailable. Uh, going back to Marlon's email, I hope Otani is okay. I hope is back soon. I enjoy watching him play and continue to perform at a level I've never seen before. The only player in recent years who tried to pull off something even remotely like this was Brooks Keshnick of the Milwaukee Brewers from 2002 to 2004. I recall him serving as a reliever, first baseman, DH, pinch hitter, and right fielder. Kishnick was MLB's version of a Swiss Army knife who had a short lifespan in the majors. I worry if Otani's body will hold as he keeps hitting and pitching. Um, you know, yeah, I mean, Otani does seem like like a LeBron-style athlete, where like his he does seem to be in peak physical form uh, to be able to handle this. You wonder if the World Baseball Classic had more to do with his injury now than just hitting and pitching, right? Because he he won the World Baseball Classic. He he pitched a lot there. He went deep into that thing, and a lot of guys who pitch in the World Baseball Classic and have deep runs do face injury problems the following season. As much as I loved the World Baseball Classic, I thought it was a wonderful event. It does have an effect on these pitchers. You wonder if it's almost better if these guys pitch in the World Baseball Classic, if maybe they just don't come back till like June and let their bodies recover a little bit 
go through like an extended spring training in May and come back in June. I literally, I, that idea just popped into my head, but you got to admit that that actually sounds like it probably helped these guys stay healthy. Uh, and uh, clearly, you can see from Cleveland's effort, who cares about April baseball, right? Um, so, yeah, so the guy I thought of, Marlon, was Micah Owings uh, for uh, Arizona and then Cincinnati. Turns out he never got to play a DH role. He never, he stayed in the National League his whole career. Um, you wonder what would happen if he would have played in the American League. It could have DH'd. Uh, but he did pinch hit a couple of times, uh, 14 times for Arizona, uh, 14 times in 20, 20, 2018 for Arizona, 16 times in 2009 for Cincinnati. So he did have a lot of uh, pinch hit opportunities where, uh, you'd, you'd be shocked, right? Oh my God, a pitcher coming in. But I mean, this is a guy, his rookie year, uh, in 2017 in 64 plate appearances, he had over a thousand OPS with four home runs. Uh, a 152 OPS plus. So yeah, you wonder. He got the Silver Slugger Award for pitchers uh, in the uh, in his rookie season of 2007. Uh, you wonder what would have happened if this guy would have found himself in the American League at some point in his career. Would they have let him DH on some days where he had favorable matchups? So Micah Owings was the one I remembered. But you're right, Marlon. Not having Otani in the series is a it's a bit of a buzzkill because he is ridiculously fun to watch. That just that home run swing of his, that 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 I'm gonna, you know, that swing that he picked up, that style of swing that's, uh, he just launches it, man. He just absolutely launches those home runs. Um, you know, it's different than a nailer home run swing where he seems to like lean back, uh, and kind of lean back on his back foot and let it fly. The Jim Tomey style home run. Otani seems to launch himself into the ball. A little bit, so yeah, it is. It is a little bit of a buzzkill doing this series against the Angels. Otani's not there. Trout's not there. Uh, I, their their injury their injury report is absolutely ridiculous. How many guys they have hurt? But uh, it's helping the Guardians, so at least there's that. Um, let me see if I could pull it up really quickly and see just how many of these guys are are injured here. Right, you're missing Otani right now. You're missing Taylor Ward, Joe Adele, Mike Trout, uh, Giovanni Urshela, Anthony Rendon. Renifo gets hurt, uh, you know, in the batter's box the other day. CJ Crone. So a lot of guys, a lot of guys are missing from this Angels lineup that uh, kind of, well, I've ruined their season, but it does make this series a little anticlimactic. So, Marlon, thank you for the email. I am not going to forget MVP on the day today. You know, frankly, the offense was really spread out. Uh, Naylor does load up on the RBIs, but not a lot of hits there. So uh, the offense is too spread out for me to focus in on anybody. I got to go with Logan Allen with a really, really started, a really strong start. He only goes five innings, but it's a really strong five innings. Really seemed to dominate the game. The six strikeouts is encouraging from Logan Allen. So uh, he's getting my MVP on the day. All right, that's all my thoughts. Thanks for joining me on this Cleveland Baseball Morning. For those of you who were able to stay up, it was a fun win, 6-3 to three guards. You can follow me on Twitter at Davey Barris. You can email the show at clevelandbaseballmornings at gmail.com. Even if you don't stay up to finish the game, you're still welcome to email in. Let me know your thoughts, and we'll discuss them on the show. So thanks again for joining me on this Cleveland Baseball Morning. 